Um, good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. Sola Hong, the coordinator of Center for Diversity, Equity and Inclusion. Thanks for this, uh, listening to our podcast. Uh, the episode, one of the episode of our series of At Heart of Women's Excellence. And today we are proud to have Dr. Rusha Ambika, the assistant professor in the Department of Sociology, as our guest today to share her insight and experience effort as a female faculty. Welcome. Thanks, Solar, and it's pretty humbling to be called excellent, but let's roll with it. <laughs> you are too humble. So would you please share with us um, like what you're currently teaching, like what course you're currently teaching, and then what is your current research focus? Mm -hmm. So what I do is teach both sociology and anthropology. Part of my job is to focus on both of them together. In sociology, I teach mostly the introductory courses. So I teach an introduction to sociology. One of the ones I enjoy teaching is a course on race and ethnic relations. And we talk about racism in the country and you know what does ethnic identity mean and uh, I enjoy teaching that the best. I also teach anthropology courses which is a basic introduction in anthropology, cultural anthropology and then a course which I'm teaching this semester is on human evolution. I find it, it's not my area of speciality in some sense but I really think it's one of the courses that we need to have on campus so I make an effort. And then I'm teaching a new course called Anthropology of Religion, which is sort of my area of expertise in my PhD. Uh, in terms of research, I do mostly theoretical research because, you know, we have such a heavy teaching load that uh, mm -hmm. empirical research isn't always possible. So collecting data takes a bit of time. But what I do is theoretical research in mostly an interdisciplinary context. So I work with a professor in philosophy mm -hmm. and we're trying to write a paper about, you know, why people do online trolling. And so we're trying to use a couple theories to analyze what that sort of behavior means, why people do that. And then there's also a very small project I'm doing with Dr. Travis Wicks in uh, psychology, and we're trying to understand why students either drop out of college or how we can help retain them on campus. So, you know, a little bit here and there, but I do like the interdisciplinary work that yeah. I do. Yeah. So for like teaching students about racism and all, mm. all those type of cultural difference concepts, mm -hmm. um, what type of reactions that students usually have? So I think, you know, I lived in Seattle before I moved mm -hmm. here, and I think I came with a, maybe even a chip on my shoulder and thinking, oh, I'm going to a smaller town, maybe I won't be getting the same sorts of reactions. But I've been very pleasantly surprised, and I, I have to say I was wrong in what I was thinking about how it would go to teach here. A lot of students are very open to talking about this, and I think we've built a basic rapport in saying, you know, if you can... Uh, talk about complicated issues in a kind manner, you know, where we're not trying to accuse each other of having mm -hmm. some sort of identity or being racist, where we can just discuss the issue and say, okay, what's the impact, you know, what is the intention of the person, how is mm -hmm. it uh, understood, like that goes really, really well. And I think it's one of the classes where students have said most that they appreciated just the opportunity of talking about difficult subjects. So sure. I think I enjoyed that part. Nice. Yeah. Um, so how long have you been teaching in the area of women's and gender studies? Um, in one of the ways in which I studied in anthropology was I focused on gender mm -hmm. issues. So part of my training is feminist in nature. Uh, I've been teaching <coughs> in this area for about eight years. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how long I've been teaching yeah. in general. So okay. uh, I've always taught courses focused on gender and sexuality and things like that. So what makes you want to 
teach in this area, particularly like right after your graduation or right after you're getting a terminal degree? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I will say part of what informs me is my own experiences as a woman and mm -hmm. certainly my experiences as a woman in India. Mm -hmm. India is quite patriarchal. I mean, you know, I was lucky enough to come from a family where uh, mm -hmm. We didn't necessarily have restrictions placed on us because we were young girls. Mm -hmm. But um, certainly that's not a common experience in India. And right. generally quite patriarchal. Thankfully the picture is changing and in sort yeah. of the last 20 years uh, stuff has gone pretty well, I would right, say. Right. So uh, in some sense I was trying to explore, you know, how does patriarchy actually work? So that led to my focus and my studies. Mm -hmm. And then when I started teaching, uh, it was a conversation that started because... A lot of the, like one of the things that surprised me is in the mm -hmm. United States, sometimes people say feminism has gone too far. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure I even understand what that means, right? Uh -huh. Because what is too far? Right. The way I would look at feminism is this is equal opportunity for everybody, regardless right. of their gender or sexuality or anything right, like right. that. Yeah. So what does it mean to say what is too far? I mean, are we against equality then? And I mm -hmm. think, you know, it's sort of the popular misconception of, Feminism means all these women are aggressive and hate men right. and you know, but that's really not the point So and right. uh, like that's the part that I enjoy teaching in class and saying well if we were actually talking about equality Yeah, how would feminism look different? Yeah, so, and so, so want to provide like students the opportunity right. to make sure they have like Relatively correct understanding. Yes. Yeah, because I think it's important to say you know It's not just women who are victims of patriarchy sometimes mm -hmm. men face negative consequences as right. well so I would like to focus on all genders and all identities yeah. together. So, um, during like the development of your career, mm -hmm. do you have anyone like who has made great impact on you? Especially, do you have any like female faculty happen to be a role model as well? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say uh, my teachers certainly all along the way, but one of the people that I respect most was. You know, the first person who actually hired me for a job, <laughs> because believe it or not, that is yeah. uh, hardest. And she hired me as a temporary faculty mm -hmm. and as somebody, you know, uh, I'm from India and we work visas always, you know, going yeah. to take a long time and things like that. So I appreciate right. the fact that she knew about those details and hired me anyway and uh, was willing to wait until my paperwork was in mm -hmm. place. So I, mm -hmm. I really did appreciate that. I mean, there are a lot of women that I know who take the mentorship and the, right, you know, right. let's raise each other together, yes, that yes. part very seriously. And I hope, like, I hope to do that when I have the chance. So Yeah, for someone else, right? Yes, yes. yes. So I yes. think I just how people have mentored me, I would right. hope to pay it forward. Yeah, that's how we educate people to lead inspired life, according <laughs> I, to BSU's so. mentor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so during your student life, mm -hmm. do you have um, like a favorite professor? Mm -hmm. And then why you consider him or her as your favorite professor? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, let me be honest. I do have a favorite professor. He's a professor from India. Mm -hmm. uh, I was 19, he was very good looking, so that may have been the first, you know, yeah. <laughs> fun, fact, fun, fun fact, fun fact, yeah. but the fact is he's one of the most leading scholars in his area in mm -hmm. India and we had read different textbooks that he had written, so it was a privilege to have him teach us actually. Yeah. And he started with something quite simple and saying, you know, it's okay that we're learning theory and we'll talk about all of these things, but what do you want to do with your life now, mm -hmm. now that you've learned this? Right. And that was such a different perspective from, you know, I'd mm -hmm. been going to colleges where it's like, okay, let's learn this, let's reproduce it in the exam, let's get good grades and that's it. 
So this was my first years of uh, MA in India. Mm-hmm. It was just a completely different perspective of, you know, oh, I can do something with my education other than pass exams or just right. get a job. Right. So it was a shift in perspective and I would credit sure. him with that. Sure. Yeah. So uh, what type of profession would you like to attempt if you were not being a teaching faculty? Ooh, I don't know. I think ever since I was a child, I thought I would be a teacher. I also come from a really long line mm-hmm. of teachers. Right. You know, I have family members on both sides who were professors okay. and taught high school yeah. and things Kinda like that. Kind of like a family business. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. cool. So I always did think I would do this. But I mean, not that I have that much ability, but I would like to become a writer if I were mm-hmm. to teach, like, you know, write novels. <laughs> and is there any uh, profession that you would never attain? I don't know if I could do law enforcement type of things. Okay. Like that seems to be really difficult. You know, that sort of judgment call where mm-hmm. somebody's life is at stake. Right. I think I would just be afraid of that responsibility. <laughs> and do you think um, there are more and more female scholars mm-hmm. they want to pursue a faculty career? Mm-hmm. And why do you think there's a tr- uh, like tendency of that? That's very popular. Um, I think one of the things is obviously, you know, we like to find out more things about what are affecting us. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. one of the ideas. Uh, certainly, uh, the idea that women are getting education, becoming more interested in doing that is uh, an important reality of the last 50 years in the United States. You know, now women get more bachelor's degrees than ever. In right. fact, uh, uh, women now sort of outnumber men in colleges. So that's an interesting shift. But I think uh, education really helps us figure out who we are as well. Mm -hmm. And now that culturally we've shifted to say there really aren't any barriers, we can be whoever we want. That's one of the ways in which this is happening. Uh, In terms of becoming faculty, I do think um, the flexibility that we have in this job is really, really important. I mean, yes, it's not a nine to five job. So on one hand, it never ends. But on another hand, if I have a young child and I have to go pick them up at three o'clock in the afternoon, I could do that. So I think that flexibility is a little more possible. I mean, traditionally, the United States Academy has been slightly more liberal than society all Mm -hmm. around it. So I think all of these factors kind of help maybe. Yeah, and uh, have you ever encountered any challenges Mm. as a female faculty in terms of gender equity? Or have you ever um, had the uh, situation that make you think of the equal pay issue in Mm. higher education? Well, this is very interesting. I personally don't think I've ever experienced any inequality. Mm -hmm. One of the things I would say is when I was an adjunct, that's a whole different issue. So regardless of whether you're a man or a woman adjunct, Mm -hmm. adjuncts just get paid horribly. (laughs) You know, so I have more of a criticism of this temporary employment kind of situation. Right, right. Ever since I came to BSU, one of the things I found really refreshing is people talk very openly about how much money they make, like what their salary mm-hmm. is, what the steps they are. Right. And I, I mean, I've certainly found that in common with the uh, my cohort of faculty, yes. people who are roughly my age. And I, I didn't come from a culture where, you know, you hid your salary. I came from a yeah. culture where that was pretty much the second thing you said. I got hired by the senior city and they're paying me this much. Mm-hmm. So I don't... Th- think you know I sort of hid my salary at all so this culture at BSU of talking about mm-hmm. it has also helped us figure out that oh no we're actually being treated quite equally given our experience sure. and all of that yeah. so I think at least as far as I'm aware BSU mm-hmm. is doing pretty well again this is only about teaching faculty I don't know what happens with coaches right, right. and staff and things right. like that so yeah and as a professor mm-hmm. uh, what will be your favorite saying to your students I mean, there is the whole take a deep breath that I keep saying because students look very anxious sometimes. Yeah. 
But I think one of the things I say very often as class is 10 years from today, what are you going to remember from this class? And I would say that's sort of my teaching philosophy because mm. I understand nobody really wants to remember theory, the name, the you know scientist who said it, the date it was made and yeah. all of that. So my uh, approach would be to say, if you learned human evolution, when you have children, will you be remembering enough to tell them how evolution goes? I like that. You yeah. know, or if you learned something about how cultures in different mm. countries work and different theories, can you remember enough right. to... Or if we learned about the healthcare system, is it going to affect how you mm -hmm. vote for a person or, you know, how you vote for your tax or anything right. like that. So yeah. I like to think of maybe real world yeah. issues that can come from taking classes. And what will be your least favorite word that you want to say in class? <laughs> Put your phones away. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. no, I think I start almost every class by saying, put your phones away. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and is there any, like, code you often often use to motivate yourself when you have any um, challenges or difficulties? I mean, I don't know that I actually say anything like that, but I genuinely feel that this is the job I signed up for and I mm -hmm. should give it my best. Sure. Like, today, of course, you know, I barely made it out of bed. <laughs> Yeah. I won't lie, there are some days like that. But overall, I feel this is, you know, like, where else do you get to meet so many people and mm -hmm. have such a big impact on their lives? Yeah. And I think it's a privilege. I think this right. is why I chose to be a professor. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in BSU, certainly, you know, we have the mm -hmm. smaller classes and we have the, like, most of the times I know the names mm -hmm. of students. I mean, sure, in the 100% yeah. class, it's a little difficult. But, yeah. yeah, I like knowing my students. I like knowing what's going sure. in, in their lives and maybe guiding them to a career mm -hmm. or something. So I do like the impact that I'm able to have. Yeah. I think that's that's what keeps me motivated. Yeah, the pressure is always the privilege mm -hmm. somehow. Mm -hmm. um, so I, obviously, you have a busy schedule. So <laughs> during your spare time, what will be your favorite thing to do to relax a little bit? Oh, I... We, read a lot of murder mysteries <laughs> so do you like watch any like tv dramas yeah i watch a lot of tv dramas as yeah. well i mean currently i've been watching the planet earth ones mm -hmm. uh, or re-watching them yeah because you know when i'm grading midterms i like to watch nature documentaries <laughs> somehow it soothes me and you know it puts me in oh, a good okay. mood interesting but i've been watching yeah. a lot of the netflix ones that came yeah. out there's a new one from india called sacred games i really yeah. enjoyed that because sure. i'd read the book as a, a uh -huh. young teenager yeah. and um, the, they made a pretty good tv drama out of it sure. so. and so in your personal life mm -hmm. and professional life mm -hmm. is there anything you want to do it differently if you had a second chance um, I think it would be helpful if I could find a job in the same place as my husband. <laughs> that would be nice. He's also a professor, but mm -hmm. you know, two professors in one household, it's always difficult to find jobs we both like in right. the same place. Yeah. And sociology certainly, you know, there's limited job opportunities. Sure. She teaches engineering, it's a bit better. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, no, I don't think I would do anything differently. I feel quite satisfied that I'm an academic person and, yeah, you sure. know, I get to nerd out and read yeah. everything and... Like a really great time on the mm -hmm. weekend is oh I read new books that I loved that's yeah. that's rewarding. Yeah, I heard like some universities mm. they will have a sort of like supportive program. Yes. For for example, if they hire a new faculty, mm -hmm. they will reach out to their family to see yes. whether they can help their yes. um their significant other mm -hmm. to move to the same institution mm -hmm. or at least the same city as well. Right. So how do you think about this policy or do you think? 
it will be more helpful to mm -hmm. for more institutions to adapt that policy if like budget allowed mm -hmm. or resource allowed. Yeah, I think more and more institutions are trying to adopt it, mm -hmm. and sometimes, like you said, the limitation is do the resources right. allow it. Right. And sometimes we also have to be real in saying, no, I actually don't enjoy teaching in that place, or I want to do something different, mm -hmm. or, you know, we're capable of doing different things in different places. So, yeah, it's a slight, uh, you know, cost to pay in terms of mm -hmm. I have to commute, but... Uh, it, it's okay. I, I think we both enjoy what we're doing too much to mm -hmm. regret this. Sure. So, so what we will see be the um, biggest threats that for the future of gender mm -hmm. and women's studies program in higher education? I think sometimes we have to talk about resources. Mm -hmm. Because I know it's now very fashionable for universities to say we support diversity, we welcome mm -hmm. gender uh, equality, right. and we want students to be you know, familiar with all of this, but sometimes it's only on paper. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need money to actually hire you know, somebody right. like you or somebody like me, and uh, programming to be made available for students. So I think I would look at how much is the university willing to put money behind that. And I understand if it's not unwillingness on the part of the university sometimes, right, right. it just is, you know, the reality of trying to shuffle things. Yes. So I'm not being unaware of the fact that this is a difficult mm -hmm. proposition, but I think if we prioritize it, then it needs to be both in the curriculum as programming for students, as, you know, a person in charge of diversity on campus, all of those kinds mm -hmm. of things. So, so we need to make yeah. resources available as well. Sure. So in terms of, like, resources available, mm -hmm. Um, do you have like any questions or concerns about the equal opportunity for both male students and female students on campus as well? Um, one of the things I find myself questioning is the availability of people in general to be able to work on campus as mm -hmm. student workers. Okay. And I think we have a lot of work study opportunities available because you know that's through the federal uh, aid system. Mm -hmm. But in particular, uh, international students, for example, right. don't uh, have access to that money and can mm -hmm. only work in positions that are open pay. And I know that that's difficult because you know I'm familiar with some international students and mm -hmm. I've heard some sure. of them share how difficult it is to find a job like that. And I think. Maybe that is something that we could do quite easily. So it's not a direct answer to your, you know, is it different between men and women? But I think yeah, in yeah. general, this is something that in general, perhaps we should uh, be sure. slightly better for our students. Yes. And also in general, like uh, in classroom setting, mm -hmm. what do you think of enhanced gender equity in classroom setting? And can you talk more like uh, something that I would do or something? Something that you would do and or something you hope to see like institutional support in terms of that? I don't know that I have an answer for that because uh, by the time the students get to my uh, classes, mm -hmm. you know, things have already been done. Mm -hmm. So in the sense, I don't know if we're giving preferred admission based on gender. Okay. Or, so I feel like I'm not aware of what happens before sure, they get sure. to my class. In yeah. class, I would say I'm trying to make an effort to treat everybody equally, but that's about mm -hmm. all. So no, I don't have a direct answer. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, um, so last question, mm -hmm. maybe what will be your advice mm -hmm. for other uh, young women mm -hmm. and why? I think um, decide on what you want to do and then just do it. Because I feel sometimes we worry too much about the you know, social cost that we mm -hmm. might have to pay or what will my parents say, what will my friends say. 
you know, will I be able to look pretty? Will I be able to marry on the right time and have the right number of children? Mm -hmm. And I just have to say, we can't do everything. I think it's an impossible dream to say we can have it all. We can't be super mom, we can't be super employee, we can't be, you know, best achiever in the workplace. We can't do everything together. So we just have to pick what we really, really want and do it well. Mm -hmm. And also to re-emphasize that there is no shame in picking being a housewife and having children as the one thing that you want to do the most. Because if we say, you know, it's my choice and this is what I want to do, I mean, it's important yeah. to recognize that that's sure. as important as I want to be the next president. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, sometimes we have this hierarchy of, mm -hmm. well, if you're going to be a research scientist, you're mm -hmm. better than I'm going to raise children. But raising children is very difficult as well. So, sure. um, yeah, I think um, choose what you want and do it. Because, I, you know, the structural uh, things will fall in place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have laws that protect us. We have people who are aware of all of these issues. And sure. you'll receive mentorship and help if you ask for it and all of that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just not to be afraid mm -hmm. and do it. Cool. Thank you very much <laughs> yeah, for the interview today. Thank you. Thank you.